Today, who do we have, sweetheart? Today, we have Sarah Weinreff. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having That's me. a very cool hat. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you could all see it. <laughs> we'll take a selfie later. Okay. <laughs> Sarah is a writer, strategist, and design thinking facilita- facilitator on a mission to support people and business in being kinder and more connected to each other, the planet, and themselves. She is the host of the Medium Well podcast and the founder of The Endlist a daily newsletter supporting individuals in living a more mindful, holistic, and sustainable lifestyle. Yay. Love it. She has worked with over 300 entrepreneurs on building their mission-driven businesses. Sarah's writing has been featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, Cherry Bomb, The Fullest, and Ailey Watch, amongst many others. You can find Sarah on her yoga mat and or eating ice cream because hashtag balance. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Love that. Welcome. Thank you. So nice Thank to have you. you. For having me. Yeah. It's oh so gosh. nice to be on the other side of a podcast. <laughs> like, I'll just sit here. Yeah. I don't have a notebook or anything. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm super excited to talk about all things green and whatnot because this pod- we're going to release this podcast around Earth Day. And I was talking with Corey um, like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I really want to do an Earth Day podcast. And then that <laughs> week, you came to talk on Rockstar, which no is, um, I work for Rob, and I've talked about her a lot. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if we can get Sarah. <laughs> so wonderful. It was like perfect timing. Um, we have lots of things to talk about, so let's dive into Wednesday Wisdom first. Let's do it. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um. Yeah. So my Wednesday wisdom is to uh, going along with Earth Day. I've been working with a client who um, we were producing recycling videos and like how to recycle. So uh, be more mindful about what you're recycling. And she's been trying to get me to do it for years. Um, I'm getting better at it. But yeah, pay attention and help the planet out. You know, you're helping you're helping everyone out when you do it. So read the labels. Make sure you're recycling. It's my Wednesday wisdom. Love it. Um, Because it is allergy season. Yeah. And I'm very sniffly. About um, probably a year ago, I bought um, handkerchiefs. And I can't get enough handkerchiefs. Don't waste your money on tissue paper. Yeah. Buy a handkerchief. Yeah, that's smart. I, I have it. one now, too. And it's so soft on your nose, and then you don't get all, like, wow. red and blistery. You're beating me. I still use tissues. That's okay. That's well, okay. Now I'm learning. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. There's so, there so many things. I, I know, right? <laughs> I um, think this whole episode is going to be all kinds of wisdomy nuggets, but... <laughs> <laughs> wisdomy well, nuggets. can I recommend a product that I've been yes. enjoying? Yes, So, my friend, Rochelle Robinette, who is an herbalist came out with these little gummies called herbals uh-huh. h-r-b-l-s herbals without the vowels uh-huh. and they're basically like concentrated forms of like an herbal tincture or a tea but oh, in a gummy cool. so if you're like on the go you can huh. just eat a gummy it's like an edible but for yeah. herbs and not nice for so yeah it's really awesome her first product is called nerveless and it's like for anxiety and stress so yeah i definitely popped one this morning when i was thinking about my to-do list so yeah shout out to her i love that that's awesome i we've really gotten into cbd 
products mm-hmm. recently, and um, a friend of ours um, who has a like lifestyle blog. Um, just posted about CBD gummies. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Nice, easy way. Because I usually just put it in my tea. Um, or if I'm wired and can't go to bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The best, most effective way is to put it under your tongue. Yes. Yeah. I have heard that. So I, I, I'm so skeptical about all these, like, CBD coffee. And I'm like, how much CBD are you getting out of it? I mean, they might yeah. be yeah. legit. I saw probiotic coffee the other Ew. day. I was like, I'm pretty Ew. sure probiotics can't survive like in, boiled water yeah. Yeah. so i don't know so yeah i think all these things are great like if you're on the go and you don't have a tincture like a, yeah. a bottle of oil but i think yeah. the most effective like if you want to use your money wisely is just like, yeah take the yeah we also have a we have we a have tincture a, here that's like we have a dropper. yeah we have a dropper that's like um each drop is like two milligrams of cbd oh, wow. it, but it's like also, it also has THC in it, but like, like one drop's like not enough to like get you whatever. But the it's it, that's been really helpful for me to go to sleep because you don't get high, you just like really right. get super mellow. Yeah, um, I once overdosed on CBD. I think I've done that too. I think I may have overdosed yesterday. I've done that I was too. Like so people say there's no psychoactive foggy. element. I'm like, drink a whole bottle, you're going to the moon. Yeah, my friend was like developing a product and gave me a little sample, and like every CBD I've ever had is like a dropper full is like one serving, right? Yeah. Like one. Yeah. And she was like, "No, you were supposed to take like three drops." And oh. I was like on a client call, and I was like. I think I'm dying. I think oh I'm going to stroke. And I was like, no, God. I think, like, maybe I'm high. Like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, my God. It was really weird. And I had to, like, go to sleep for the rest of the day and cancel all my calls because I was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Oh, yeah. no. So, anyway. Oops. Anyway, we don't have to talk about CBD the whole episode. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> um, okay. So, I kind of want to hear just a little bit of background of um, how you got into living this green, supporting lifestyle, how you got into writing and and all that jazz. Did you grow up in New York? I grew up in New York, in the suburbs in Westchester. Um, so New Yorker, born and raised. Love cool. it. Uh, other than a brief stint in New Orleans for college. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So I always think, like, people always ask me, like, what inspired this? And I don't have, like, a moment. I wish I was one of those people I was like, I was walking down the street and I saw a pile <laughs> of trash. No, I don't have that. But yeah. I think my childhood, I always knew when I grew up, I wanted to do something that I haven't found a better term for this, but like made the world a better place, you know, like yeah, I was totally. always that kid that was like volunteering. And um, I had a really, I think, transformative experience once when I was like in middle school or high school, I did a, a event with Midnight Run, which is an organization oh, yeah. here in the city that you basically from we were in Westchester, we took a bus into the city at midnight and we handed out clothing, I think, and maybe some food to people who were experiencing homelessness living on the streets. And I just remember having so many um, amazing conversations. One person I talked to had like a master's or a PhD and just had like a, you know, a terrible situation that he couldn't afford rent. I don't remember all the stories, but it was a really impactful moment on my life where I was like, this is what I want to be doing somehow with my work. Um, But I didn't really know what that could look like. And I didn't really know what that could look like in college. The only like degree I knew of that kind of encompassed what, I wanted to do was social work. So I thought about getting a master's in social work. Anyway, I don't have to give you my whole life history, but I've done a lot of different things <laughs> yeah. in my career. I started off working in refugee resettlement in New York City. Um, and eventually, through a, a series of other jobs, knew I wanted to start my own business. Worked at an accelerator program with entrepreneurs. And during that time, I learned more and more about ethical fashion which um, my friend was launching an ethical fashion company and I had this like 
moment where I realized like, wow, I really care about the planet. I really care about human rights. I mean, I hope we all do, but like that was something that like I really considered a, a part of my identity and value system and my shopping habits like did not at all reflect that. Like right. I was killing time at H&M and Forever 21 in between work and dinner and just like, oh, here's another $20 t-shirt. Here's another $20 yeah. t-shirt. So I dedicated myself and said, I'm not going to buy anything that's not ethically made. And I'm a really, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a really extreme person. So <laughs> that was five years ago and I still have never bought anything. Wow. Um, and about a year later, I was like, this is really hard. And like for me, since I'm so hardcore, like whatever, I'll make it work. Right. But for my friends who like didn't really care. Yeah. It was almost impossible. So I decided to launch my own fashion company, ethical fashion company. I sold all American-made, um, sustainably made clothing from different designers. I really wanted to, instead of making my own line, I wanted to feature people already doing amazing things. And right. as I built that business, I learned even more and more about the sustainability within the fashion sphere and then just the whole sustainable lifestyle since they're so intertwined, zero yeah. waste living. And it's just, I'm the type of person that's like once... I guess a lot of us are, but, like, once you know, you can't unknow. Like, right. once I know how bad this is, like, I can't use a straw anymore. Like, what, yeah. what do you want from me? Yeah. So I think I just dig myself deeper and deeper into these holes. And, like, I'm a very extremely curious person. So, like, once I hear something, I research it. Yeah. And I incorporate it into my life. So, um, yeah, I closed down that business last year and have always loved writing. Personally, I have, like, a little stint of a blog, <laughs> like a little blog for bits um, and pieces here and there. And I just started, like, I was like, well, this is something I can do. So I just started writing for other people, for myself, um, talking about sustainability, wellness, and then business and social impact business. And it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long story. Is ethical fashion like a big world in New York or is it small? It's so hard to know that. I feel like once you're like so in it, you're like, everybody knows yeah. this. And yeah. then I'm like, nobody knows Well, this. I feel like, do you know, I'm, I'm wondering if you, do you know Heidi Morris? She sounds familiar, but yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, uh, she had started her own ethical fashion. She worked in ethical fashion and do we had her on the called? podcast. What uh, the, her brand was called? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I should know that. Sorry, Heidi. Um, but yeah, no, she's in the tech startup. Her husband's in the tech startup world. I work with him, but yeah, I, 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 it's not something that you hear often. I don't hear people talk about ethical fashion, but like, you know, and going down the rabbit hole of how ethical you can be with everything gets exhausting. You should listen to some of my podcast episodes where I'm just like, but more, but tell me more, but what's the next level? And people are like, leave me alone. Cause it's like, it is, it's this rabbit hole. And yeah, I mean, for people who don't even know what ethical fashion is, it's I, to me, I define it as fashion that's made in a responsible way and then sustainable fashion in terms of fair labor and fair conditions and then sustainable fashion using sustainable materials and practices. Um, but yeah, that was also the problem in my business. It's like I started off that I was like, everything is American made. Like, that's my ethical fashion. Right. And that wasn't so hard. But then I learned, well, a lot of things that are American made still are not being paid living wages or fair wages yeah. and then you have to go that level Ooh. but then i was like well i'm selling things that are polyester like that's totally unacceptable that's terrible for the environment so then i added on the layer of everything had to be sustainable materials and like oh. the more you know the more the deeper you get and the more limited especially yeah. in an already small sphere the opportunities were to sell yeah okay. yeah that's what i was gonna ask is um like i, I think a lot of people first thing they turn to is american made mm-hmm. um but I don't really know any, like, 
I know a couple of online stores, but I don't know of any store. I don't like shopping online necessarily, um, but I don't know of any stores that I could go to. Yeah, there aren't that many. So yeah. the biggest ones um, are Eileen Fisher, which is pricey, oh, but yeah. she's to me one of the biggest leaders in this whole sphere. Yeah, Patagonia, which also is not like yeah. everyday clothes, but that's a yeah. great yeah. That. Um, that's a great option. Reformation, which is also like a very specific aesthetic, mm. but they have brick and mortar stores. Um, so those are the biggest ones that I can think of. Um, there are probably some smaller boutiques. There are some ethical fashion boutiques. Right. And a lot of people will say Everlane. I don't support Everlane personally, but you'll probably see that around as an option. And how come too. you don't support Everlane? I don't know if I've ever heard of it. Um, yeah, Everlane is this company that basically started with the ethos of transparency. And from my understanding, speaking to people who have known the founder or interviewed them or been involved since the beginning, the transparency was really in their pricing. So they, if you go to your, their site, you'll see them break down a shirt and how much it oh, costs. But people kind of assumed it would be transparency in their business. So they kind of backed their way into now they have photos of factories and things on their site and people consider that ethical fashion. But um, if you dig a little deeper, their code of ethics is really vague and it's probably not any better than something like The Gap, which has, they have decent codes of ethics, like no child labor, no whatever. Yeah. Um, they also don't use, they still use some polyester, which they're now moving to recycle polyester and they don't use organic cotton or linen. Mm-hmm. They use some. Um, and like, of course you can't be a stickler for everything, but if they're touting themselves as this leader in this space, like use organic cotton, like it's yeah. actually conventional cotton is extremely harmful to farmers on the planet. Yeah. And so like, to me, they're doing like kind of the same as everybody else, but having flashy marketing and they're yeah. not like Patagonia or Eileen Fisher that are like actively pushing this yeah. industry forward. So right. I don't really Interesting. Buy it. Did you see when, um, um, I guess that was maybe like a year ago when, Donald Trump was talking about his, um, like, not funding state parks, or I can't uh-huh. remember what it is, and Patagonia shut yeah. their website down and was like, nope, we will uh, They're so protest. Cool. Yeah, I really, really cool. I really love them, I think. And they're a good example of, like, they, not everything they sell is perfect, but, like, they so live and breathe Yeah, that ethos, like, to the extent that, yeah, you can say it's marketing, but they had that whole campaign that was, like, don't buy this jacket. And they were, like, legitimately stop buying our jacket. Like, unless you need a new jacket, we will fix your broken jacket. Like, I know, I love that. buy things from yeah. us. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, like, calling out Patagonia, but I have a very hard time with companies politicizing messages um, for capital gains because they're, like, Nike's doing it, Pepsi did it. Like, there's a lot of companies that are, like, playing into this division politics and it's infuriating to me that's but, fair i mean yeah. they really are i mean so patagonia while taking a stand part of me is like how much about of this is about the bottom line what well, do you think about that i think that's a great point i don't know as much about nike and pepsi to me patagonia takes a stand on things that are fundamentally at the core of their business yeah mm-hmm. so like it has to do with parks if they were like immigrant rights Maybe if they had some peripheral connection from workers or whatever. But, like, to me, it's them saying we live and breathe our ethos of being outdoors, contributing to the outdoors, not harming the outdoors. So, to me, I I don't really, like, I've kind of tried to turn off the politics because I just, like, cannot take it anymore. But to me, that feels legit because I'm, like, you are, it's, like, the REI, like, 
on Friday, on Black Friday, they close down their stores and tell everybody to go spend time outside. And yeah, go that's to the cool. Like, it's like, how do you embody your message? And that's where I really think there is the balance between greenwashing and like marketing this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then like, you're Living a legit the company ethos, that, yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah. it's impossible to know. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I don't think Patagonia was coming from that place. It's just like, it always like, Nike did this whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Yeah. And I'm, I support Cap. I think what he's doing is great. My question then becomes like, is Nike trying to profit yes. off of a politicized thing? And that's where that I'm like, seems to me how do you more. draw the line yeah. with that? And I mean, speaking of like sustainability and ethics and stuff like that, that's where like, there's a lot of division and stuff like that because it, it is, it does cost more. It's more like, it's like, it's a little more difficult to manufacture. You know, it hurts companies like profit margins. So like, how do you change the culture like around sustainable clothing? It's really hard. Yeah. It's a really good question. And it's one that this industry is really struggling with because we have people would look at a shirt that I would sell at MB and they would say, that's really expensive. It's a $50 t-shirt. And mm-hmm. I would say, actually the t-shirt you're wearing is really cheap. And it's, yeah. it's really the fact that everything has been so artificially cheapened yeah. that if you think about a $5 t-shirt and there were materials that went into it and it was shipped to the factory and it was spun into mm-hmm. a material and then it was sewn by hand. Like it, I never really thought about it until I started my own fashion company. Every piece of clothing we wear, we wear is made by hand, like made by a person. I mean, maybe using a sewing machine, but like, it's not like some mass industry, like machine right, that makes right. all this stuff. And then it's shipped here and then it's put in a store on Fifth Avenue with high rent and then there's an employee selling it to you and it's $5. Like, if you think about that, like, there's right. something wrong there. Like, yeah. there's no way this could be a fair thing. And then H&M, for example, burns or, like, and I don't know, actually, they don't burn. I think Louis Vuitton, Burberry, burned a bunch of excess inventory because they didn't want people, like, they didn't want, like, TJ Maxx or something to end up with it. What? They don't know what to do with it. But, like, H&M, oh I read, gosh. had, like, $5 billion of excess clothing that they, like, that they can't sell. So the whole thing is really messed up um but in my business and what i try to encourage people to think about is like especially with clothes like you don't need that much yeah (laughs) so i always give the example i wrote a piece about my ethical fashion journey for mind body green um and i did the math and the year before i started buying ethical fashion i spent like thirty five hundred dollars or something on clothes and the next year i spent eight hundred dollars because you think a lot more about buying a $50 t-shirt and yeah. you buy the one that you really want versus the like grab and go yeah. nature of Forever 21 or H&M right. or even the Gap sale rack, which I used to be a pro at. Yeah. <laughs> um, that like, so it's to me, it's a whole shift of being more mindful and intentional and right. everything, but it's really hard and I'm not disregarding the fact that like not everyone can afford a $50 t-shirt. Even right, if right. I say you're spending more anyway, like yeah. it's complicated. Yeah. It's really complicated. Yeah, I mean, as I get older, the more I'm more into buying quality over like, you know, Mm -hmm. I I mean, for like the larger items of clothing, like, and I'm not an ethical shopper at all, (laughs) but, you know, I try to buy things that are going to last like a lot of shirts I've I've had for multiple years. And I don't know, it's tough for sure. But I imagine like, because female fashion is also different, right? You do. I feel like I can't remember the last time I bought a $5 shirt. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's got to be, it's got to be some kind of way to like change the culture of, and the mindset. Yeah. And that's why I say a lot of this needs to come from the top down too. Like it's really hard as a human. I studied psychology to buy the $50 shirt knowing you can buy the $5 shirt. So like 
we need to change the fact that the five dollar shirt is allowed to be sold in that way yes right so i think it needs to come from both directions but it is it is hard yeah who who, oh go ahead i was gonna say we were just talking about um yoga girl she um opened up she's calling it the yoga girl foundation and it's Mm -hmm. all about like giving back and whatnot and she has these shirts to um like promote and also the proceeds go to this foundation and when she announced it and um whatnot people were like why are your shirts so expensive because the shirts are made from recycled products that are picked up from the beach that are handmade and it's proceeds and she's like if you want me to do these amazing things like you have to spend a little bit of money on it and i i don't want to buy crap t-shirts to sell which i think is really cool but yeah people do kind of make a make a fuss over it and don't want to spend the money but you got to sometimes. Yeah. And I like your point of you're going to you're going to think a little bit more about that purchase and you don't need you you don't need 70 shirts. No. <laughs> and like also I love my clothes so much more now. Yeah, They're sure. more comfortable. I'm not wearing like polyester stuff that I'm sweating grossly yeah. in. And do they spark joy for you? They do. Most of them. <laughs> um, do you ever so, yeah. go to um uh, like thrift stores or yeah. anything? Yeah. I think secondhand is the most sustainable way yeah. i do a lot of secondhand yeah. shopping so, there's some great ones in our neighborhood yeah so yeah. that's a really affordable way also to shop responsibly yeah um and then there's a ton of great like small brands it's a really hard industry though like i when i started mb i um, started a network of ethical fashion retailers there were eight of us and i think maybe two or three now exist three years later because mm-hmm. the industry is just so small so new so changing that like it's really hard to keep up. So yeah, yeah. But I think I think secondhand is a great option. There are plenty of small indie brands online you can support. And yeah, just like thinking about, do you actually need yeah clothes? Like, do you actually like? It's not like food where you like need to eat every day. Like, you don't need <laughs> new clothes all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. I um I stole this from his sister. Um, I don't buy designer clothes, but I buy designer food. <laughs> there you go. Me too. I, I know. My, all my, my money, money has gone to like yeah. ashwagandha. Yeah, dude. <laughs> my parents just walk around. They're like, what is ashwagandha? Like, okay, um, so what was your online store called? It's called Imby. I-M-B-Y, which stands for In My Backyard, which is oh, kind of an that. opposite to the NIMBY movement, which is the Not In My Backyard movement, which oh, so funny. is like a... Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's a no, it's fine. Um, it's... A movement where it's basically like generally rich people being like, oh, we shouldn't have a prison in my backyard or like these yeah options. So yeah, MB. And how long was it open and why did you decide to close it? Yeah, so we launched in <laughs> November 2015 and closed um, about two years later, a little more than two years later. I, I closed mid-2018 officially, like took the site down, but we were winding down. Um, I actually, a lot of these reasons, like, First of all, the more I, the more time I spent on Envy, the more I realized like customers were coming to me and saying like, we're listening to you. We're being more mindful about how we're shopping. I'm mm-hmm. not buying anything this year. And like the human in me was like, this is amazing. And the business owner was like, uh, but wait, buy my things. <laughs> yeah. And I just was like, I want these clothes to exist. I want people to shop in this way, but like, I don't need to be the one to sell them. Yeah. Um, I think. Also, like to me, Envy was such a lifestyle brand. It was so much beyond. I said, like, being mindful inside and outside of your closet. Like, it was so much beyond just the clothing that I sold. 
And I really love that part. I love the community. I love the questions people were asking. And retail just like was not for me. I'm a big picture person. Yeah. Right, right. Like, I was bootstrapping the company. I put $500 of my own money in. Uh, that was it. And then I did a $10,000 interest-free loan from Kiva that I used. And like every sale funded two more shirts I could buy or one and a half more shirts I could buy. So it was like, it was really stressful. And mm-hmm. I, when it came to the point where I realized like I either had to take on debt to grow the business or investors, I was like, I don't actually want to do that. It's yeah. a hard, that's a hard question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was not even like, do I want to do those options? It was more like, I don't want to invest more in this company personally to right. take that those on. Yeah. So yeah, it was just clear to me, like it wasn't the right business model for me, but it was an amazing experience. I also never worked in fashion, never sold and worked in retail. Yeah. No freaking idea what I was doing. Right, yeah. right. It was amazing. Yeah. Have you, I saw on stories that you still have stuff left. Yeah. Have you sold it yet? No, I need to do a Instagram stories. I like still have like a bucket of stuff that I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> I have like 30 pairs of these jeans that are like basically size zero um, and like tiny and uh, like, it's they're so hard to sell i might just donate them all yeah yeah yeah, i have some other things so yeah i need to yeah sell the rest of it yeah well if you're a size zero (laughs) yeah let me know i'll give you a really good deal (laughs) um well i've always i have always deterred from shopping online because in my mind there's more of a carbon footprint and i asked you this when Mm -hmm. you were speaking um um on robin's call can you talk a little bit about online shopping? Because yeah. I, I always, maybe not always, I I actually, I just bought a textbook on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But I try to shop it, anywhere else but Amazon because mm-hmm. I've bought, I mean, I've seen you guys unpackage. Sorry to like call you out. I don't care. But I've seen mm-hmm. you he, at his office, he'll buy like pantry things from Amazon. And they're just like in these huge boxes with all these packaging and it's like, a pack of sponges, a sponges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's not your fault. And no, it's Amazon's fine. fault. But you also, I think that we could go down to the bodega and buy a package of sponge sponges. And you had, when I asked you that, you had an interesting comment that made me think about it. So. Okay. Well, hopefully can I can repeat whatever that <laughs> comment was. Um, well, first of all, we can get into the Amazon conversation because I don't shop on Amazon, period. I love um, that. <laughs> but it's really complex. So it's like the more... I feel like the we, like we were talking about like the more you know like the more right, you, the less you right. know. I'm afraid so, about what you're gonna tell me because I use Amazon for everything. Um, so there's but a that's few okay. things you can do. Well, so does everyone else. So I'll talk in, about online shopping in general, and then a few things you can do if you're using Amazon. Okay. Um, which only makes you slightly a bad person. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I, you're probably right. Um, I mean, like literally everybody listening to this podcast uses yeah, Amazon. Yeah. Like I think I read you're either... that's like eight, like sixty-five or seventy-five percent of Americans have Amazon Prime, which like blew my mind. Oh yeah, that's, that's a real like thing. That's like an insane number. Like yeah. what else is sixty-five percent of Americans do? Yeah. Like, also, they're all paying ninety-nine dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, they could. Yeah. They are literally sitting on piles of cash. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, um, continue. Any, yeah. So first of all. Shopping online, the answer is there's no clear answer. Like, yeah. it really depends on a number of factors. First of all, even though when you buy something in the store, it doesn't come in a package, it came in a package to the store. Right. So, like, that's something I never really thought about. But, like, there is shipping to that store. Yeah. Um, it is more efficient than shipping one item to you 
um, in a smaller box than mm-hmm. a giant box. So it's more efficient, but just remember like some of those things were packaged or they all were came to that store in some right, form. Right. Um, so I heard on another podcast, the green dreamer podcast, which I really recommend if you're interested in sustainability, um, there's a four a radius. If you drive four miles is a, is the breaking point in which it's not worth it to drive to a store to buy something. Hmm. How many miles? Four. Four. Um, Of course, there's like so many factors also involved in that. And like, also, I still think it's better to buy something from a local store five miles away than to buy it from Amazon. Yeah. Um, Because it supports, the money stays in your local community. Um, There's like a whole like uh, theory on, or I don't know if it's a theory or if it's proven or whatever, but like, Basically, if you're in a small town and you buy something from the kids' store, that person during their lunch break is going to the deli next door. Mm-hmm. And, like, that kind of contributes to the whole ecosystem of that community. Mm-hmm. So by supporting each business, you're supporting all the businesses. Right. Um, so there's a lot of factors. But from the carbon standpoint, um, they that's what that podcast referred to. And that somewhat makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, also, if you are going – if you are driving – I, something I've been trying to do more of is just, like, batch my drives. Like, if I'm going to the train, then I'll, then on the way home, I'll stop at the supermarket. Or if I'm right. going to yoga, yeah. then I'll stop and get what I need so that I'm not constantly doing two-mile drives. Yeah. Um, so those are a couple of options to consider. Yeah, like I said, there's so many factors in terms of, like, yeah. where the money's being spent, the packaging. Yeah. Um, but also, so with Amazon... Um, one thing they say that really helps is opting for uh, like a ground delivery, standard delivery instead uh-huh. of two day delivery. Yeah. Because that allows the routes to be way more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, UPS and FedEx are like really, really, and like, probably the postal service are really, really efficient in yeah. terms of their routes. Yeah. So if you can let them do their thing and not make them go out of their way, yeah. then that's not so bad. Um, yeah. but the two days worse and then there's also a way I can send you the link uh, my friend Shannon wrote a blog post it takes like 30 seconds and you can request um, no plastic packaging in your <gasps> Amazon orders what? yeah it's really oh, great amazing. So, and also just when you're ordering online especially if you're ordering from a small business you can just write to them please no plastic or like yeah. trying to reduce yeah. my plastic so there's just a lot of things you can do yeah. but it is a balance and there's no clear answer yeah. there's like so many factors if you're in a city though yeah, yeah. it's probably better to shop in person. and I've also heard um with Amazon, like, make sure there's three things, minimum of three things yeah. in your cart. That That's what we do at better. the office is, like, we'll, we'll be like, oh, we need these. Put it in the Amazon cart. And then it'll sit there for two weeks. And then be like, oh, we probably need these, too. Yeah. And then we'll just let it add up until it's, like, a gigantic delivery. So yeah. it's, like, 15 or 20 items. Yeah. Um, and then we also have, like, there's also some things that I have to order, like, on repeat. So, like, once a month I have batteries delivered, right, for whatever um but we're trying to add more things but like we're trying to figure out how to like best so we're not like the greatest but i we do try to make a conscious effort a lot of people just buy like one thing at a time and get it delivered the next day because it's so easy and i'm not judging that amazon makes it like impossible to like we're talking about with the fashion like it's it almost feels impossible to not shop on amazon but and not everything on amazon is bad like my, I was talking to one of my friends. She has a, t- a tahini company. She's going to be on my podcast. And I asked her on the podcast. I was like, where I always talk about like me being so detail oriented. <laughs> I'm like, I always wonder where the best place for me to order from you is. Like, is it your website? Oh, is she it said supporting Amazon. you on a retailer? So like they get restocked. Like, yeah. And she said Amazon because 
the shipping costs are so much better for her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So like it's, if you're buying from a small business on Amazon, at least you're buying. So like, that's another thing to consider if you are buying on Amazon. So many things to do. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so what, so people can be, make some different choices with Amazon or buying things online, but what are some major things that you think humans could do? I know that straws, which I was telling Corey um, a couple weeks ago, I'm like, I'm so grateful that everyone is so concerned about straws, but I have been talking about this and I worked at Starbucks in um, like early 2000s and I hated how much people would use straws and <laughs> just like yeah, it's, it's insane yeah i'm happy about it but also like where was this 10 20 but years see, ago and i get on her because i'm like you can't think that way i know you can't be upset that now it's catching on even though you were on the, i'm happy the trend that it's early. catching yeah on. i'm happy that it's catching yeah on. you have to just appreciate that it's coming i mean it's the same there's there are so many things like i was listening to the r kelly podcast today on the daily and they were like all these people knew that all this was happening forever ago and then Me Too mm-hmm. comes along, and now everyone's mad at him. Yeah, right. all of a sudden. But yeah. like, you can't be mad because eventually justice was served. Like, right. eventually. But like, yeah. in the case of like straws, like it's good that people are now. No, like, it is really good. Are there a couple of things sorry. that we can do yeah. better for the earth? Yeah, I thought you said you were listening to R. Kelly's podcast, and I was like, I didn't know. I was no, podcast, sorry, the daily I'm judging you right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, the thing with straws is that they're, like, low-hanging fruit. Like, they're not really right. the worst thing for the planet, but, yeah. like, they're also completely unnecessary for most people. Right. Like, yeah. So, just stop using straws. Um, but it's But it's really an hard. extra three inches to my mouth. I know. It's like, it's like, yeah, you're, you'll get stronger arms. It's really great. Alternate hands between sips. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of there's so many things you can do but to me the first piece of advice I always give people is just to stop and think I think like I need to make that into some trademarkable phrase that's more original but basically like before you buy anything before you do things like just stop and think is there a more eco-friendly version of this so if I'm starving and walking down the street and I'm like I need a snack if I walk into a bodega, I might grab a granola bar at first or something. And then I stop and think and I'm like, can I eat a piece of fruit that doesn't come in plastic? Yeah. Like there are so many little things we can do to just like be like, do I need this? Do I need to take a handful of 18 napkins when I go to like <laughs> a fast casual restaurant? Like, no, I don't. And if I do, like I will put the rest of them in my bag and save them when I need to like yeah blow my nose or need a tissue I mean or like need a napkin right so just like all these little things especially when it comes to trash like monitoring your trash what are you putting in your trash yeah um I don't mean you need like rubber gloves and digging through your trash but just thinking about like this is how what I'm this is the trash I'm producing can I buy something that's recyclable can I buy something that is compostable if you compost or can I consider composting yeah can I not buy something that requires waste at all yeah um like, I shop in the bulk section with my own jars. Like, yep. that doesn't require any waste. I eat all the food and then it's gone. Right. Um, so I would say stopping and thinking is the first thing. And then carrying, I love to tell people to carry their own um, reusable coffee cup 
that's an easy thing to go to a coffee shop and just ask them to put it in there. A straw, if you, I carry a straw, but I literally never use it because, like, you don't, like we said, you don't really need a straw. Right, right, right. But it's useful <laughs> once in a while. Um, I carry, like, utensils, just, like, a bamboo set of, like, silverware. Uh, what else do I carry? Like, a little uh, reusable produce bag if I wanted to throw anything in it. And, like, those few things... Um, a water bottle and like those few things prevent me from producing most of the waste I was going to produce throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. So yeah. like especially a coffee cup. If you go every single morning to Starbucks or to your coffee shop and get a coffee in a to-go cup, yeah. Like please, if you're listening to this, just go buy a nice cup that you like, that you enjoy drinking out yeah. of, and ask them to fill it up. Yeah. And it's like not a big deal. And plus, most saves. places, most coffee shops will give you a discount. Yeah. And. It keeps your coffee warm. Exactly. For much longer. It's it's so much better. There's so many benefits. And it is, some of these things are an initial upfront cost. But yeah. Like, I'm drinking out of a hydro flask. Like, I've had this for a year and a half. And, like, it's yeah. 20 bucks. And I use it yeah. almost every day. So, yeah. yeah. I think that there's so many things that we can just, little things we can do to yeah. just think about. Yeah. What am I producing? How can I produce less? And like I said, like you can still drive yourself crazy because the people at Starbucks behind the counter are still using so much plastic. So like sometimes I'm like, should I just not go out ever and like make everything <laughs> myself? Because like half the time I ask them to put it in my cup, they'll put it in a, yeah. a plastic cup and then be like, oops, we'll pour it into your cup. And I'm like, yeah. at yeah. this point, don't get my cup dirty. Yeah, yeah so, Alex yeah. gets super angry about stuff like that. I do. I do. She watches people like at Starbucks leave the water running and she wants to jump over the counter. Oh my gosh. She, it like pisses her off to know it. I don't know what it is about it. coffee shops that just like... They leave the water running yes, all the time. That. I don't understand. They like turn it on and walk away. I'm like, it makes my blood boil. It makes me so angry. She gets angry. so mad. Yeah. Um, There's so many, like turn off your the water when you're brushing your teeth. Yeah. Those things. Like just yeah. little things. Little things. They make a big difference. Yeah. I, Are you in a relationship or, with someone right now? I am. Uh, the reason I ask is because like. <laughs> I'm like, where is this going? going? The reason I ask is because like, is your partner as into all of this sustainability stuff as you are he's not as into it but he's very um i'm very lucky that he's willing to put up with it and and he's interested in it he's definitely like he gets more into it he's probably not going to go to the bulk section and fill up his jars like i am but he'll come with me and be patient at the does he ever here. like roll his eyes and like dude like come on um not really That's he's, good. he's a very he's interesting an ex- I do. he's an extremely <laughs> patient person so i'm lucky on that. i'm pretty patient too yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I do, I definitely like like the thing for me is when a new thing gets added. <laughs> so she's constantly adding new things, right? Like, like what? The, so what like kind of new like thing? um, like uh, recycling the toilet paper roll. Hmm. I never used to recycle the toilet paper roll, so I'd be like, she'd be like, put that in the thing, and I'm like, oh my god! But <laughs> it's like something's always being added, yeah, which is fine, can, and like I'm happy to get on board. But the hard part is the onboarding because I don't yeah. consciously think about these things. Like, yeah. my yeah. family, we recycled aluminum cans and plastic water bottles. Like that was it. Yeah. You know, so like and there's all I these grew new up things. With a mom whose motto was recycle, reuse, reduce. Like right. I always, I was. It's like in my brain. It's instilled in me to do this and to yeah. turn off the water when we're doing the dishes. Which your mom's a saint, it, though. So it, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help that your mom's, like, the perfect environmental <laughs> steward, you know? Yeah. I mean, she really, she really is. She's, like, she was on that shit before it was cool, like, yeah. your little flower child. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Recycling is really confusing. It I is. I get confused by recycling. Yeah. Like, it's, and there's different, different modes. everywhere. There's different modes of recycling. There's single stream. 
Yeah. There's dual stream. There's my like my parents has just switched from single stream to dual stream, and my mom is devastated. It's crazy. <laughs> just to, to separate them now. Well, yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Like New York is single yeah. stream, and businesses are you know like New York is single stream. There are at least for some like major companies mm. and like oh, buildings. Companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buildings are single stream sometimes. Um, which Can I just you learned about. Explain what single and double stream. I probably can't do it. Um, so single stream is I think they lump plastic and paper yeah. into mm-hmm. the same, and then trash is just trash. I could be wrong. Yeah. No, that's right. Oh, yeah. Um, He's which like, is oh, like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you probably know all about this stuff. I'm sorry. Uh, no. But, yeah, it, but, like, no, no. learning about it. I, I think made... a lot of New Yorkers don't know that. I think a lot of people assume they can put paper with the plastic and – I know that when we first moved here, because Calif- when we came from California, we didn't have to separate paper and recycling, mm. or paper and plastic and glass or whatever. And here, in or at least in the buildings that we've lived in, you have to separate paper. It's different. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know that until our um, uh, super mm. was yelling at us. They're like, <laughs> you can't do we this. Know, we know this is you, because I saw your mail. <laughs> right. Oops. Yeah. Um, Shoot, I was going to... Oh, okay, so you were talking about bringing your coffee cup and yeah. your bags and whatnot. What do you say to people who is like, well, I don't want to carry that much stuff. Like, it's too hard. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I said <laughs> hey, to my boyfriend... fuck. Because I... <laughs> yeah, suck car- it up. I carry all those things because, yeah, I have that mindset of like, suck it up. This is better. And I'm, I was using... I have um, the, like, reusable... Uh, cloth, yeah, produce bags, and a woman at Whole Foods was like, "Oh my gosh, where did you get these?" And I was like, "Here, they're in the produce <laughs> section. Like, That's go find hilarious. them." Oh, really? And, yeah. That's and cool. um, the check, the woman checking us out was like, "Or you could always buy them on Amazon." And I was like, "Or you could always buy them here." Or you could stop <laughs> well, sucking the, the Amazon tea. Yeah, know, yeah. Right? And she goes, "Shameless plug." <laughs> Um, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, well, first of all, I said to my boyfriend the other day, I'm like, do you know that people go to the supermarket and just like walk out of their house? Like I like to spend like 10 minutes, like gathering all my bags and my jars and my this. Um, I think first of all, a lot of the stuff is not big. Like the set of cutlery I have is like very small. And it's bamboo. It's light. It weighs nothing. Probably the biggest things you'd have to carry if you wanted to carry things are a water bottle, um, and a coffee cup, which stojo makes a collapsible one sorry um stojo yes yeah it's really cool it like folds in where yeah. it's just like i don't know how many inches is this two inches yeah long it's tall. small i don't love the cup itself <clears throat> like drinking from it is not my favorite like i prefer the hydro flask because it keeps it hot huh. but mm-hmm. and it seals really well but if space is a concern that's a great option and i have one and i use it all the time um and then my like my me response is like at some point this is not going to be an option and like our planet is getting to the place that like right now we have the luxury to be Mm -hmm. like oh that's too annoying but like that's not going to always be the case if we want our kids and our grandkids and whatever to live here so like sometimes when people say like this is really hard or this is I'm like it's not really that hard you do a lot harder things throughout your day and I I know I'm overgeneralizing for some people it might be it might be you you don't have the ability to carry things I don't know I don't want to generalize for everybody but for most people I know they have the ability to do this and I'm not judging I try not to judge as much as possible but at the same time um, I just think, like, 
once you get into it, it's like a really easy habit that you I don't agree. have to think so much about. And like, I agree, we have to do something. Yeah, <laughs> I think it should do be. You, do you think that some of the practices that um, I have forced on you <laughs> have gotten easier? Yeah, like you still you still will run. You'll still run to the like corner store on your way home, and yeah, grab you don't a plastic have a bag. bag with but you, I, so. if I if I can fit it in my backpack, it's in my backpack always. Yeah, only because I know how upset you get when I use plastic. Oh Ale- my gosh, Alex is the way Alex treats the earth is like legit, like someone with a religious fervor. Like <laughs> it's great, she's though. super it's so into it, right? Podcast. So like, yeah, I mean, so for me, I while I care about the environment. I'm like grateful that I'm learning all of these things that I can then pass on to like other people. I was, I was working on something the other day and, uh, the people asked to interview me about being a millennial (laughs) and they were like, you know, what do you think is what's important to millennials? And I was like, what's like, I think, and this is all stuff that I've learned from her. It's like, we're kind of taking control back of, of what we decide to purchase. Like for example, like, um, cat food, we don't buy cat food. Like she makes the cat food. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, and the woman looked at me, she was a little bit older. She she's like, Oh, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> she's like, you're fucking well, like, I, it was the look in her. I was like, like you fucking weirdo. But also they're demanding that brands be transparent about what's going into their food, yeah. where it's gr- like, there's yeah. so much more that's more important to the consumer that I feel like we're headed in the right direction. Yeah. As opposed to like mass producing dog food with like whatever. I mean, there's so while, yeah, it's too still too slow and people like me who are rock headed and like take a long time to learn. There's people like you guys that are like, yo, it's really not that hard. And the funny thing to me is like this is all made up in the past 50 ish years. Like right. this is how it's new, but it's old. Like yeah. this is how it used to be. We yeah. just like right. created all this stuff and dug our way into this mess. And somebody said to me recently, I was talking about this new initiative that does. Um, it's called Loop. It's amazing. It does. They're doing zero waste food delivery. Um, like, sorry, let me be more specific. They're they're working with. It's a coalition of major brands that are creating uh, reusable containers for their food products, like Hagen Dazs, Tropicana. And then you'll be able to get it delivered to your house. And it's really cool. Um, And I I posted about it. And one of my friends was like, but isn't this just more greenwashing? Like, are people actually going to do that? Like, it's more work. And I was like, listen, like, it is more work. There is no solution that is less work at this point. Like, we literally made this mess. And we have to fix it. Like, Mm -hmm. if it requires you to throw an empty um, ice cream container in the back of your car... The next time you go to the supermarket where you're going anyway and throwing it in a bin, like, it's not that much work. People don't understand yeah. that milk used to be delivered in bottles yeah. and then put back out. Like, yeah. that's the way it was. And we, like, <laughs> then it's, like, this hilarious thing that we, like, created this whole crazy disaster. And now we're, like, oh, let's, like, it's cool to drink out of a glass jar. It's, like, well, it used to be cool 50 years ago and then plastic <laughs> was invented and now it's a hot mess yeah. and now and now we're like oh my god that's like so crazy and so much work and it's like people survived then yeah, yeah. maybe not as long baby boomers it, man they yeah. fucked everything up i think it's it's all about being it's like we all want to have convenience yes. we want to have the convenience of things delivered to us and not have to bring things to the store and i could very well and i did for seven years eight years buy my own cat food and I've started to make my own cat food for a couple different reasons one so I don't have to waste I mean I still have to buy the things but I 
it's a lot of vegetables and then chicken. So I have to. The They're also like chicken. they have age regressed. Like but yeah, it's health. Wow. It's healthier it's for them. Nuts. They dude. have more energy. Their skin or their their skin. Their fur their is so much is like softer. So it's, wow. it's, it's, they don't their shed poop, as much. Their poop stinks less. They don't shed as much. Like there's so many great things. And I realized that I put so much care and attention into what I put in my body. Yeah. And I care for them so much. Why wouldn't I do the same? But I had, I think, what my thought process is similar to what I assume a lot of other people do about recycling and things. I was like, oh man, well, I'm going to have to get extra things at the store and I'm going to have to spend the time cooking it and then I'm going to have to find a recipe and what if they don't like it? And there was all these doubts and concerns and fears and it's so much more time consuming. But at the end of the day, like now I think we've, I've got it in a routine where it's pretty easy. I make a big batch of it that lasts like a little more than two weeks. So I only have to do it, you know, twice a month. Um, but I mean, and it's really easy now. Yeah, and yeah. so it's just, it takes practice and it definitely wasn't easy for the first few times. Yeah. So it takes practice. It takes commitment and remembering to bring your cup and your bamboo things. And yeah, and it's also, that. it's just also interesting too. Cause like I have family members that are like non eco-friendly and like it, what's weird is like, we're the weird ones. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We're the weird, we're yeah. the weirdo libtards that are like <laughs> recycling, you know, yeah. and I, I do come from a conservative family, yeah. but like. Not super conservative, but my, my my parents are kind of conservative. And so, like, we're the weird hippie recycling couple. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, it's yeah. just like, it's like, okay, cool. But I also feel lucky that, like, she kind of brought me on board. Because yeah. I was like, kind of like, you know, blind to it. And you want to be, I don't know, you want to be a good steward of the earth. And I, the more I learn about it, the more I get into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I also just think, like, there are plenty of things we do because we feel like we need to do them Mm -hmm. and like this is not yet one of them but like almost i would assume if not a hundred percent 95 percent of people listening to this podcast throw their trash in the trash can and not on the side of the street (laughs) like there are things as humans we have decided are normal and good right and like if that's just another you know what i mean so it's like to me it's hilarious that like these things are weird or like these things are crazy it's like it's not crazy like my idea the other day was like what if every coffee shop just charged a dollar every time you use the plastic cup yeah do you know how quickly people oh my god that's the thing i feel like a militaristic like approach to fining and like yeah you want to get change like start fining people yeah you don't want people to speak don't give them 10 cents off for bringing their own cup charge them two dollars exactly exactly yeah Well, that's how it is. And I I know that other states, but I'm blanking on it and only because we're from California, I know. But now grocery stores charge charge you if you're going to use your plastic bags. Dude, California. And I heard that that was coming to New York, which I would love because there's so much fucking waste of plastic bags here. It drives me insane. Dude, in California. When someone gets one thing, it's like a carton of milk like you can hold your milk <laughs> it literally comes with a bag. Bag. I think they should also be required to ask you do you want a bag yes yeah because people a lot of people will be like oh i didn't but it's already in the bag Dude, exactly in california they don't bring water to the table unless you ask for it well, that's because mm-hmm. of the drought too right? totally yeah, yeah. But, like, that's yeah. the kind of mindset I feel yes. like we should be having. Yeah. So. That's why I say it needs to come from the bottom up and the right. top down. Because, yeah. like, there's only so many reusable yeah. straws that we can bring that's going to save. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And another thing that um, I took away when um, you came to talk on Robin's group coaching program um, was I always feel if if a coffee store puts my cup or my drink in their cup and hands it to me, I'm always hesitant to say to like speak up and say like well no i wanted it in this 
to freaking save the cup and yeah and I'm hesitant to tell the woman who says oh just shop on Amazon like you could also just save yourself the trip and just buy it here and then but you have I'm, to have I'm, those I'm, conversations I'm, I don't want to speak up because I'm nervous or afraid that people are going to think that I'm judging them for their choices and the way you put it made it it's like just a teaching opportunity mm-hmm. it's a teaching opportunity to say well thank you I, I'll take it in the cup for now but I wanted to save a cup so that I could, you know, right. Protect just being a pain in the ass by trying to use my own cup. Yeah. Yeah. I think I try to think of everything as a teaching opportunity. I, I find it really hard to like, be like, legitimately, I'm not judging you. I just want you to know this information. And I've gotten myself in trouble a couple times saying (laughs) that because I'm like, I really am not judging you. Like, I know that most people don't know this or don't think about this. That's why I try to talk about it as much as possible. Because like you said, Corey, like, most people don't even have an awareness of a lot of this stuff. So that's why I'm like, I don't care if you listen to this podcast and the next hundred times you go to the coffee shop and forget your reusable cup because you might every time think like, oh man, man, I forgot my cup. And eventually you'll remember it. Or you'll see your friend or you'll tell your friend or whatever somebody else will do and you're like oh i need to buy one you'll buy one when you're there because you don't have one yet like as long as these things are in our stream of consciousness Mm -hmm. i think that's the first step and most people it's it's not like they don't even know what the alternatives are they don't know that it actually can be easy yeah yeah Yeah. i talked about this on my on my stories a few weeks ago when i first was introduced to you how you um the last r in recycle reuse reduce is refuse which is I fucking like want to get it tattooed on my forehead. I just love it. Please don't. So, I love it so much. And I think that that's, that's really important. Like refuse the cup, refuse the plastic bag, refuse the going to buy the granola bar, like buy an apple instead. Right. Like, that's well now, see so now you great. got me on this like ethical clothing kick. Like I want, cause I, I like have been wanting to like get some new clothes and I'm like, yeah, like maybe I'll spend Check a little out, more. Um, what is their name? Taylor Stitch. I know Taylor. They're Stitch. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I mean, if we can talk about recycling for a second, I think recycling is also a huge problem in that it became this like darling in the '80s and '90s of like we'll save the planet by recycling, and it is. It's great. It's it's great. But every single piece of plastic that was ever created on this planet still exists in some form. Yeah. And the recycling streams are so overwhelmed that. Nine percent of things that are recycled, nine uh, percent of plastic on this planet are being is actually being recycled, yeah. and the rest is ending up in piles in landfills in the ocean. Most of our, a lot of our recycling in the U.S. used to be shipped to China, um, which I just found out about. That's fucking yeah, crazy. It's crazy, and China won't take it anymore. But like the other problem is people don't clean their recycling. So if you yeah. eat yeah, hummus, you one. need to clean it out, and yeah. then if you don't, it turns moldy. It contaminates not only the one container you put it in but probably that ended up in some other bin and then it all spreads and then they throw all of that out so recycling is pretty much a hot mess at the moment and a lot of places don't even recycle cities are not recycling anymore i was at my sister's school the other day teaching about sustainability to her students and they walked out and the and the custodian came in and put the garbage and both recycling bins all into one bin and walked out and Uh, my sister was like don't turn around don't look at what's happening (laughs) like it's it's a it's a problem so please recycle if you have that stuff but like it's not it's not an excuse to buy the stuff in the first place like people are like oh i'll buy this water bottle because i can recycle it and recycling will fix it all it's not it's not so if you can avoid that stuff if you can refuse it in the first place if you can at least turn to things like glass and um cans like aluminum those are infinitely 
basically recyclable versus plastic degrades every time it's made into something oh, new. Wow. Yeah. Um, those are all better options. Good to know. Yeah. We just got a soda stream. I don't buy bottled soda water anymore. Oh my gosh. Yay. He came, uh, came, become, like, he got on this kick of sparkling water. <laughs> and I was like, I am so fucking tired of all of these bottles and cans. I'm buying you a soda stream. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we just hit the one hour mark. I think we should probably wrap it up or do you have more questions? Um, I did, but now you distracted me and I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. No worries. Yeah. I don't, if it comes to me in the next 30 seconds, I'll let you know. <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> no pressure. Don't put pressure on me. It's okay. I'll figure it out. Um, so yeah, we like to do a little stupid or embarrassing, um, moment if you're up for it, or you can just listen to us talk about embarrassing things. What (laughs) happened the other day that was super funny that I was like, I'm going to use this. You're always like good at remembering. You're Um, sitting like right here. That was funny or stupid that you did? Both. Maybe. I do Um, lots of dumb shit. Well, we've been recording a lot of podcasts recently, so I don't know if I have anything. I don't do a whole (laughs) bunch of embarrassing things. Oh, really? I don't. I don't really get embarrassed yeah. that easily. Yeah. Um, but you, you were laying in bed last night, and he was trying to get the. Can I see the toilet paper roll? He was trying to get. Oh, the that's tissue what it was. But on, it was stuck. He was laying in bed, going like, wait. <laughs> People can't see this. He was. I know. I'm gonna explain it. He was laying in bed, going like this. He was twirling the toilet paper around on his finger. It does work. But it wasn't coming undone. So then I was like, what are you What I are you doing? I was using centripetal force. <laughs> he was like, I'm trying to unwrap, unwrap the toilet paper. I'm like, isn't it just as easy to just use your two hands to pull it apart? Yeah, except that it was dark and I couldn't find the end. <laughs> and then he finally did get it and he pulled it apart and he goes, oh my gosh, all of that work and he only got one square <laughs> of tissue paper. That's hilarious. <laughs> so that's my most... That's my actually. That's both. That was funny and embarrassing. Um, I actually do have something. Last night we went to go see a dance concert, and um, there's this pizza place that's nearby that has um, vegan pizza, <laughs> and went to go um, get a slice, and um, I wanted a, I wanted to get a salad as well, and I ordered it, and as soon as I ordered it, I was like, oh, I don't have a fork, and they're gonna <laughs> give me a plastic fork. And I was embarrassed by that. Mm. Mm, I wasn't. I didn't plan ahead. I didn't give myself enough time to. Uh, it's hard. Bring, I know Take it's out hard. food is the hardest for me. Like food to go or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Because it's like sometimes you need to do it, and if you don't have a container, like there's no other option. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can tell. You can tell seamless or whatever app you're using. Like no utensils <laughs> yeah. and and things like that. And, yeah, I always do that. And Refuse. sometimes. And they've handed me, um, and I'll like take the paper bag out and give them the plastic bag back. I'm like, here you go, please oh, reuse this. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So you warned me this was coming and I was like, I, I don't really get embarrassed easily either. And I work from home and I'm like, I don't like do enough. Right. <laughs> right. right. To do embarrassing. Yeah. But I realized this morning, <clears throat> yesterday I made, um, for like breakfast or lunch or something, chia seed pudding, which I've been making it warm lately, like on the stove top. Mm. Anyway, that's irrelevant to this, but <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to add some ginger powder to this, like like ground ginger, yeah. so that, like, yeah. I don't know, I was in the mood for that. Yeah. So I dumped a bunch in and then realized it was garlic powder. Oh, oh no. And my, like, chocolate, cinnamon, cheese. Oh, seasoning. no. I thought so, you were going to say mustard powder. No. I, like, I've done that scraped before, most but... of it off the top, but there were a couple moments where I was like, oh, oh and that is garlic. <laughs> disgusting. That's so funny. That's actually, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I love that. I once did that with cayenne pepper instead of cinnamon into my oh, smoothie. God. And I did the same thing. I scooped as much as I could off 
but it was a very spicy smoothie. At least you, like, knew and you didn't, like, just drink an extremely spicy smoothie. You would have, like, died. Because I use a lot of cinnamon, too. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's how much. Heavy on the cinnamon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I can't remember what I was going to say, so <laughs> okay. I'll just, I'll let it go. <laughs> Wait, do we do something also that's made us laugh? Oh, yes, yes. Because I was really excited for this one. Please, yes. Okay. <laughs> there is this new Instagram account. I probably should have pulled it up so I know what it's called. It's called... I think if you just look up Strange Planet, it's like the the artist's name and then Strange Planet. Strange I have been Planet. dying this entire week. It's basically his drawings of... Nathan... Yeah. Pl- yeah, Pyle oh, or something. Nathan H. Nathan, Pyle. Can you Nathan, put it in the show notes? Nathan W. Yeah. Pyle, Strange Planet. What an I'm sure he has, has 1.5 million. Yeah. So if you probably yeah. type in Strange Planet, you'll find it. But it's all uh, yeah. these cartoons of aliens doing like the things that humans do and commenting on them and how weird they are. And I was literally just like dying. I found this. It's vibrating. I mean, they're just so funny. And you're like, oh my God, we're so weird. Like, what are we doing? And they call teeth mouth rocks. Mouth rocks. I mean, it's just, it's really funny. funny. You have to like, it's just. I've seen some of these on Reddit. Really? Yeah. yeah. He's like, he has like 50 posts and he has 1.5 million followers. That's crazy. I love this one of there's three pictures and the first one is the two like aliens looking at the stars and then the other one is the stars in the background but they're in a room and then the third one is the stars that they put on the roof instead of being outside (laughs) yeah it's it's really really funny that's cool i will i will definitely put it in the show notes link it link in bio link in bio Uh, speaking of link in bio if people want to find you uh where can they where can they find you at yeah so i'm at on instagram at sarah weinreb just my name um, and then my website is sarahweinreb.com and that's where you can find my podcast, sarahweinreb.com slash podcast, or it's called Medium Well. Um, and on my podcast, I talk a lot about self-exploration, spirituality, sustainability, wellness, business, cool. all the stuff I'm interested in. And then you can also on my website, sign up for the M list, which is my daily newsletter that gives one tip trick resource a day to live more holistically, that's sustainably. Cool. Newsletter. That's dedicated. Yeah. I just shot a panel. Some days are better than others. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. I can do twice yeah, a month. Like two seventy five or something. I'm like, oh my god. How many yeah, more newsletters tips are <laughs> newsletters are tough. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for coming. So much. Thank you for having me. This yeah. was such a delight. Yeah, it was awesome. Yes. Yeah, I learned a lot. Well, I'm gonna think differently about how I shot for clothes and other things. So Yay. thank you for that. Yep, if you need recommendations, I probably yeah. will actually. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm stealing conversation, it's about